Today, we're going to be talking about spirituality and religion. So bear with me. We're not getting into spirituality versus religion. We're talking about spirituality and religion. So my name is Aisha Hogan, and I'm many things in this life. I'm the visionary of iAwesome, the International Academy of Universal Self Mastery. I am focused on conscious living and help others to do the same. I'm a spiritual reverend, and I support businesses and entrepreneurs with their finances. So that's my identity here in this life. But who am I and who are we all? So during these Sunday morning gatherings, the mission I have taken on is to bring bite-sized pieces of aha moments and to reframe how you've looked at some things in the past. So we've been given a lot of beliefs over the past, you know, through our parents, through peers, through, you know, religious uh, leaders, through teachers, media, all of these things, but you know, how much of it is really still valid, I guess is the word. How much of it is still really what we need and how much of it is just stuff that we're carrying around. So perhaps these Sunday mornings will guide you into new commitments for yourself and further ingrain the commitments that you have made that are working. And after I do my little share this morning, you are, of course, open to, you can make comments, ask questions, and and definitely add input. Today, like I said, I want to speak about spirituality and religion, Um, but I want to sort of look at it from sort of like that 10,000 foot overview, kind of looking down at it and understanding that we're currently in the midst of a massive evolution and involution. And that has been happening for quite some time. And some have called it the quantum leap. Some people call it the shift. Some people call it the awakening. There's a lot of different words for it, but it's, you know, we're just going through this massive change right now, which has happened, you know, throughout our history where we've done these huge leaps. So we're basically in one now. So those of you that have awakened, Um, regardless of the level of awakening that you're at, whether it's new, whether you've been, you know, there for a bit, you know what I'm talking about. So when I was running my full-time clinic and seeing clients one-on-one every day, one of the questions I would hear often from people as they sort of stepped into this level of understanding that there's more, or they want to find purpose was what is the role of religion? in this awareness? And is there a place for it? And I think that the discomfort that a lot of people felt was, you know, I'm here, I am now kind of seeing this awareness of this oneness, but my family and my friends are still devoted or to their chosen religion. And those that are stepping into their awareness, awareness are finding themselves in a place of discomfort, like it's like having one foot in two worlds. And just not knowing how to be in that space. So let me just be clear for some people who are not familiar with what I'm talking about, the awareness, the awakening, the understanding, the remembering. It doesn't mean that you've lost your love for the higher power. It's not what it means at all. It's quite, it's, it's quite the opposite of that. You're aware more than ever of the connection that you have and becoming better equipped to stand in that power. So it's just a different awareness and looking at it through different 
eyes, basically. So one of the main differences I found is that religion has always segregated people into groups. So all the Jewish go over here, all the Christians over here, all the Muslims stand in this line. And here's your list of rules and regulations, depending on the line that you stand in. And if you don't follow these rules, then bad things will happen. I know that I'm just saying this very basically. It's so much more in depth than that, but I'm just being very basic for the purposes of this, of this gathering and to illustrate something. In most religions, this is what happens. Um, they segregate, they speak about God or Allah or whatever their term of choice is as the power that is something outside of us, that we are codependent upon this all-knowing, all-seeing creator. And each of those religions has their code of standards to live by in order to live in a place of acceptance of the Lord, the creator, or again, whatever your name of choice is for that. So when we become more aware and more awakened, the discomfort becomes the understanding that the creator is not outside of us, but that is part of each of us. Like, it's like each one of us is a cell in the creator's body, so to speak, just, you know, just for the sake of illustration, that, that we, that this master of all things is not outside of us. And in fact, it's not codependent. We're not codependent of it. We are interdependent with it. Right. And that means that we are all part of this universal I. Okay, pronouns make things really tough. I talked about this a little bit last week. So he, she, I, I meaning I, that's the biggest separation. Me, like, you know, uh, they, so we talk about ourselves as we're separate. And it's funny because as I said last week, you know, when you see people are putting these pronouns by their names now, they're calling themselves he, she, we, or sorry, he, she, or sorry, he, him, she, her, and they, them. And I wanted to put a pronoun of, of myself on TikTok, but I didn't even have it. So I was wanted to put in we, us, I, right? The universal I. So we, us, because that's really what we are. It's we, us. It's not separation. So pronouns actually do cause a little bit of separation. So we are all part of the creator, not separate from it. That everything that we've learned in religions isn't entirely the truth. Funny, this weekend I've been watching, I don't know if any of you have the Disney Channel, so I've been watching uh, uh, National Geographics, and there's this one that I'm watching right now called uh, Drain, Drain the Oceans. And what they're talking about is now they have these sonar things, and, and, and they, can actually, they can actually make 3D animated or 3D images of the stuff that's under the ocean that we can't get to. So now that they're finding these things, they're starting to understand that um, um, is everything that we've been reading about. And there's another one called, you know, is the Bible telling us the truth that some of the stories have some, they're based on some fact. However, they've been doctored up a little bit. So these things are starting to come to light now, which is kind of really interesting. So it's not that anyone's ever lied to us. That's not it. Those who preach it certainly believe it to be true. That's their belief. That's they don't feel like they're lying to us. And I don't think that that's the intention. However, the awakening, the awareness shows that in a very undeniable way that each of us is connected to each other and the creator 
and that we are in this oneness, this unison, but we still have our individuality. So it's almost like a cohesive individuality, thinking about it almost like the hive, like a beehive, you know? So there's like the core, the queen bee, but there's also all of their, all their whole community of bees and they're all individual, but they work together as one. And that's really where we're headed. So separation and segregation of any kind is not really possible. It's not possible. It doesn't matter how much you talk about it. It's not, it's not, it's not a possible thing. And it's just wondering, you know, it's just something we think we can do. We can segregate, we can separate, but all it really does is cause more fear and hate. So it doesn't work for us. Like it's not working. And, and, and history will show you that like it's never worked. We do it, but it doesn't work. So we're connected not only to each other, but to each planet, every star, every tree, every creature. So what does that mean? You know, if we're connected to everything, what does that mean? The question becomes, have I been living a lie? That's really the biggest thing. You know, have, has everything I've known been a lie? And I remember asking myself this question. You know, when I started to understand things on, on a sort of a different level, and being like, wow, so everything I thought was not true, right? Even when you talk about past life regression, that's one of the, I love doing past life regression with people, but then understanding that time doesn't really exist and it's an illusion. So it's not really past life regression. It's an alternate lifeline that's all happening at the same time. So that kind of threw me for a loop and I had to wrap my head around that for a bit. So it's really about understanding and having the ability to step outside the box, throw away the box, and just be open to all the possibilities of what actually is going on. So the answer to um, the question of, am I living a lie is no. You were living what you believed was to be the truth. There's no harm, no foul, it's just the way it is. But now you have an undeniable sense of an inner remembrance, a connecting to your inner wisdom. And for the purposes of this conversation today, connecting to God, Allah, the creator, the master of all things. I just never know what to say because I don't want to offend anybody, but it's that term that you use for that higher power. So we spend our lives attempting to live a life that will bring us to salvation, you know, liberation, enlightenment, purpose. And we understand that all we have been doing externally is nice. However, the real power is to live in our awareness internally and therefore act appropriately externally. So it's the other way around. We've been living externally first and then trying to find inner salvation, which is wrong. It's the other way around. Inner awareness brings salvation and allows us to have more possibilities in our external life. So it's just changing our focus, changing the lens. You know, instead of going this way, we need, you know, going, we need to be going this way you know, from in to out rather than out to in. So we look at life as something to be lived in a certain way rather than understanding that we are life. So we're not the dancer, we're the dance. And we're not performing on some stage, we are the stage. So it's also understanding and looking at ourselves from a different lens. We're not living life, we are life. So it's just a whole different, more powerful way of looking at ourselves. And it's not just changing the words to make us feel powerful. It's changing the words because that's the way it is, right? So we're not, we're not the dancers, we're the dance. 
Okay. We begin to understand that we must evolve from the me mindset, the me, 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 me mindset to the we mindset. And what would happen? Like, just think about your body. What would happen if all the cells in your body didn't work in unison, but each did their own thing, whatever they wanted. They segregated this one. The cells don't like the cells on this side of the body. It would cause havoc and illness, a disease. It, it, we could virtually die from it. So this is exactly the same thing, but on a grander scale. So us as this human are living, it's almost like we have the universe inside us on a smaller scale of what is actually happening out there on a bigger scale. So spirituality is not something you become. Everyone is already spiritual and a part of everything. If the, that is a fact, it can't be changed no matter what you say. And the caveat is our awareness of that our remembrance of who and what we are. And we'll never fully understand it in this form because our ego is going to get in the way, our mind, our thoughts, all that stuff's going to get in the way. So I don't think in this form, we're going to fully understand it, but on our formless side, we will. And what that means is we don't have to understand it all. That's what faith is. It's the knowing, right? We, We know that the sky is blue, You know, we know that the sun is going to come up. Some of it is just on faith. We just know it, that the acceptance, the allowing, the remembrance, and the reclaiming of the truth. And the more we step into this awareness, this awakening, the more we can sense that in various ways throughout our lives, the more we're going to see it more and more, the more aware, more in this moment that we are, we're going to start to really see things a lot differently because we're opening ourselves up to all the possibilities. So those that have stepped in know exactly what I'm saying uh, is true, is the truth. And those that are asleep, not aware of things at this time yet, may not be open to this or simply hearing these words. Um, Maybe, you know, just hearing me talk about this maybe gave you sort of an aha moment that sort of opened the door to awareness, You know, maybe you've just given yourself a aha moment. So your job, your job is to push the door open wide and allow for all the possibilities. But again, like that bee in a hive, you have a choice. You don't, I guess you don't have to, if you don't want to, to be aware and to open the door, but I think it's better if you do, but that's my opinion, right? So it's a strange time that we're in right now, and it's a blessed time that we're living in. So I've mentioned this evolution of consciousness and awareness to a colleague once, and I mentioned this last week too, and I was saying, you know, we're in this evolution, you know, it's this big leap that we're going through right now. It's so exciting. And she said, yes, that is where humanity is heading. So she was in agreement and she says, but it won't happen in our lifetime. And my response to this was, well, why not in our lifetime? It has to happen in someone's lifetime right? So why not ours? It simply takes the awareness on a grander scale because it's already happening. We can't even stop it if we wanted to, because as much as we think we have free will and we do to a point, there is a master programmer out there, you know, that master of creation who is going to ultimately make the final call on this. So, you know, we might think we have a lot of choices and we do, but we don't have that choice of whether we're going to evolve or not, because if we don't evolve, we'll die. It's, it's really that simple. So now belief on some level 
what I'm talking about here, may mean that your religious leaders will not agree. If you went back and regurgitated some of what I'm saying to them right now, they, they may not agree with what I'm saying because it's not exactly what they've been teaching. And in some extreme places in our history, and even today, people have actually been killed for not behaving in a certain way with their religious leaders. So I ask you to consider this. We're all connected like branches off the same tree. And we each make up that tree. So it's one tree with all these, all these branches. And it doesn't matter your race or your color or your, or your religion or your gender or none of that matters. So we're all a branch of the same tree and we each make up the tree. So by killing each other, horrific acts towards each other, we kill ourselves and damage our own roots because we're all connected. So by killing each other, we're killing ourselves and damaging our own roots. And no creator could possibly want this outcome to happen. Right? I can't even see it. So as long as we see ourselves as separate, we will not evolve. And without evolution, we will cease to exist. Fact. So if we keep looking for some retribution for past transgressions and past inhumane behavior towards each other, we will not move forward. If we see ourselves as separate from one another, we will live in havoc and in dis-ease. That's a fact. It's the truth. And if we live dispassionately and without forgiveness, because people in the past did not know better during our history, they, they, they committed horrific acts to one another, there'll be no moving forward because we're stuck in the past right? And some will hear what I'm saying right now and say, that bitch is crazy, right? Does she know what happened to my ancestors, how it affected my life? And yes, I do. Of course I do. And I'm filled with compassion and my heart breaks when I think about the inhumane ways that we have acted towards each other, different religions, different races, different cultures, the things that the wars, the, the ways that we've been trying to overpower each other and kill each other. Like when you think about it, I can't even watch a war movie. Like it's, it's, it's awful. It's horrific. There's just no excuse for it. None. And the struggle or the challenge is if we can't move beyond it, if we define our identity because of it, then hell is still being lived. If we can't forgive ourselves and each other for not knowing better, for not doing better, for not acting better, for following others' bad behavior, for not choosing to stand up in the space of our awareness and consciousness and for acting out of ego, then we will cease to exist because we will live forever swimming in the past. So we have to make different choices now. And it's hard. And I'm saying it's time to take a look at the bigger picture for all of humanity and where we're going. The past has no place for who and what we are becoming. Fortunately, consciousness and awareness are growing around the globe. We don't need to name ourselves as a particular religion because that would separate us from each other. And that's not even possible. It's an illusion of separation. It's not a real thing. We cannot separate from each other. We cannot separate from each other. It's not a thing. It's an illusion. There is only we, the universal I. That's all there is. So when you become aware of this, 
and seeing others living in personal or cultural or religious segregation, you begin to see the powerlessness of it. It's like a hamster on a wheel. They just keep talking the same stuff, but they're not going anywhere with it. It's not changing, right? So it's about reframing again, going through a different lens. So I'm not taking away what cultures and races have endured. I'm not saying we just move forward. And I'm just saying that I am saying, I'm saying that we must move forward with courage despite what's happened. You know, despite what's happened. And it's not easy, but nothing worth having is, or we've already would have done it, right? It's hard. It's hard to forgive. And it takes time to forgive. And it takes time to forgive ourselves. It takes time to forgive others. It takes time to forgive situations. It takes time to forgive circumstances. Yeah. But if you don't start, it won't happen. So it takes conscious commitment and open awareness. Where religion is about hierarchy, levels of power, and all the subordinates, awareness is about synarchy. It's about a oneness, cohesive individuals, like a hive. Each cell is individual and cohesive with all the others. Spirituality has nothing to do with what you believe. Spirituality has nothing to do with what you believe. It has everything to do with your state of consciousness and awareness. That's what it has to do with. The con- this consciousness and awareness determine how you behave and interact with others. It's looking beyond this form, this avatar that we're wearing, and understanding that we are formless. And some religions will become open and aware of this and already are, while others will batten down the hatches and the beliefs become more entrenched in separation and the doctrines and the structures. They will fight back which is all about ego and less about being conscious and aware and awakened and spiritual. So just some food for thought. So the ego is destined to become extinct. The ego is the mind and the mind has been conditioned and trained over a millennia. The mind has no place in consciousness and awareness. And so right now we're in a crisis situation on the planet. In our, humani- in our humanity, the old ways aren't working. Just look at our history. It's not working. It's never worked the way what we've done has not worked. Our survival as a species is our challenge now and being open to all the other possibilities. That's what's going to save us. Think about, you know, we say this as a joke, but think about it. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. It's what we've been doing. Living in that fear and that hate and that segregation, the separation, it's not working. It's not working. So we need to try something. We need to try something else. So I'm going to say, wake up, awaken, become aware, open the door and your heart to the possibilities, listen to your inner wisdom, not your ego, the quiet inner voice of awareness, of consciousness, of that power, the power that you have, the power of all things, the power that makes you limitless. And it's time to change your commitments, what you have believed to be true 
may not be working anymore. So it's time to take stock, take inventory of what are those commitments that you've made and are they still working in this time? So we're facing a choice as humanity now. It's evolve or die. It's really that simple. I know it sounds dramatic, but it's what it is. It's evolve or die. And it's time to transcend the thoughts of our mind and rise above them and reclaim and realize the dimension within ourselves that is infinite, that does not require an identity and to become liberated from that voice in your head that keeps telling you how to act and how to be. It has no place anymore. And now it's fighting for survival. That voice, that ego is nothing more than your identification with this avatar, this form. And as long as you listen to that voice, then you'll not be able to reclaim your limitlessness, not fully, but you can take steps towards it. It doesn't have to be one or the other decision right down today. It's not that easy. It takes time. But if you don't do it, if you choose not to do it, you're going to live small when you can choose to be expansive, which has nothing to do with your money or your power. I don't really care how much money and power you think you have or you do have. It makes no difference. It has everything to do with your consciousness and awareness. You can't buy this. I, I ask you to please send me the name of the store that you can go buy consciousness and awareness at. Like it's not something you can buy. It's something that we all have. We've always had, and it's been waiting there for us to sense it, for us to step into it. And finally, if you listen to the new and the old Testament, it speaks of the destruction and the collapse of the existing world order and the arising of heaven on earth. We are so close. We're so close. So this chaos we're living now is the chaos that comes before the order. There's always chaos before a new beginning. So that's what we're in right now. Our collective consciousness will be heaven on earth as the old mindset, ego, dissolves. We've all been to hell already on this planet. Hell is not somewhere we go when we die, this fire and brimstone. We've already been in it. We've been living it. It's our history, mistreatment of each other. It's our mistreatment of ourselves and this planet. It's time to evolve and move into heaven. Even the planet is evolving and changing right now. It's inevitable. So I'm going to ask you to board this train heading to heaven with me, to the new earth, to the salvation, to our enlightenment, to the end of suffering. And I'm already on the train. You know, it might not be first class because I don't know everything that's going on right now, but I'm on the train. And I look forward to the trip that we're all going to be taking together. And I want to hear your comments and your questions. And those looking for some guidance on your journey, please come to iAwesome. It's iausm.com. Join our community for free. And we have so many heart-centered mentors that are here to help you and share tips and strategies. It's a collaboration of consciousness to help as many as we can to get in touch with their own inner wisdom. And, and I've got a few people that are here with me today. So I want to ask if you have any comments or questions or anything that you would like to add. Well, I, you know, Aisha, you really hit on so many different things. And uh, I think what resonated with me as being a recovering Catholic <laughs> is really, you know, that focus on, yes, it, it is external. God seems to, you know, this notion God is external to us. And when we're looking outside of us, we miss that whole embracing of that spiritual essence that we are, you know, that God resides within us. And, you know, I think that is so key for people that, that to make that shift, because 
it's something that that God essence or, you know, the energetic heart or however you want to describe it, it's that connection to our divinity that we can actually embody. And when we're looking external, externally, it's very hard to do that because we are making that separation. And I love how you equated sort of religion, organized religion with separation, um, because that is what it is. And when we can do that, turning inward and identifying, no, it's within us. And, you know, God knows us better than we know ourselves, right? (laughs) We don't have that big picture and and really trusting in that essence and embracing it is that's when these shifts, I, I, I know for me personally, that's when that started to happen. Absolutely. Sometimes I think it's like it bakes. I think it's like a relay. You know, when we were running a relay and we've got the baton and we're like running and we have to pass it off to someone or whether you want to jump in a cold ocean or something. I think sometimes some people who are in these organized religions and again, no judgment here. It's just where we are right now in our lives. Right. So it's like they, some of them want to go there. Some of them are understanding that it's something that's within them, but it's like, how do I let go of this? will that be there when I want to take hold of it? Right. If I let go of this, is there going to be something for me to grab there? Right. And the thing is, there is no there it's here. It's always been here. It's inside of you. It's always been there. And it's about now focusing your direction inward to say, there's nothing to hold on to and grab onto. You've already had it. You've had it all along. You just haven't looked at it in the right way. Right. So it's just, it, it's scary for people because, you know, we've always think I've thought about spirituality is this woo woo thing, you know, something, some crazy people do, <laughs> you know, and they equate it to like tarot card reading and whatever, you know, some people find that, you know, share their messages and their connections with spirit in lots of different ways. Some people hear it. Some people sense it. Some people can get the messages through cards. Some people look into a crystal ball. Some of them can hear the voices in their head. Some of, some of us just all of a sudden know things. It's like you walk into a room and there's something on a coffee table that wasn't there before and it doesn't belong to you. So you know, it's not yours. Like who put that there? So there's that feeling of where that come from. And you know, it's not your thoughts. You know, it's not what, but you know, it's there. You can't deny it. It's like this message comes in. You know, some of us can sense it in our bodies. Um, we hear whispers, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. there's lots of different ways that it shows up for us. So there's no right or wrong way. It's just, you know, how are we attuned to it? Mm -hmm. But innately it's in all of us. For sure. And I find that, um, sort of even like going into nature and a lot of people, you know, people, well, in Canada, a lot of people have cottages that (laughs) can, you know, that, you know, have the resources to do that, or just, you know, if not, they're spending time in parks, spending time in nature, that is, uh, you know, they are feeling connected to that spirituality we're talking about, because we are all connected. So we are sensing and taking in the spirit from from nature. And, and that's, you know, it just buoys us up, and it fills us up. And, and so that's sort of the experiential uh, piece of experiencing that spirituality for people who have a hard time maybe trying to understand these concepts that you're, you know, describing. And that, so that's kind of just feel what that's like, you know, uh, chances are that when you are surrounded by nature and you're, and you're taking it into your, into yourself that, you know, you, you're feeling some form of contentment or joy, or there's something going on. Well, that is spirit. 
And so that's another way to access it if if this is too sort of intellectual. No, it's interesting. Yeah, no, I get it. You know, I was just thinking why you said that. Like if you walked up to a tree, right? Just any tree, you're in the forest, you look at a tree and don't think of the tree as separate from you, but that you are the tree and the tree is you. This is like, you know, this tree is part of me. The reason why we love nature so much is because there's no expectation from nature. We can love nature with no expectation from nature. Nature doesn't, isn't going to say anything to us if we don't love it, <laughs> right? So there's no expectation from it. But if we look at it and, and if you sort of connect with that tree, you're going to notice something inside you. Like there's going to be some kind of, like you said, that contentment, that, that peace inside you. And it's about, we're evolving into a time now where we're going to feel that from each other because there is going to be no expectation of each other. Like one bee doesn't expect from another bee. It's just what they do, right? It's how they be. It's how the bee bees, right? So it's just how they be. And we're going to, we're kind of moving into that now. And it's like, what a great way to be able to meet Monique on the street and just feel that inner peace and connection right away without, oh my God, did I do my hair today? What'd she think about my makeup? You know, um, you know, you know, maybe she's mad at me. I haven't heard from her in a week. Like, you know, whatever it is, like it's, there isn't that. Because we don't think about that when we look at a tree, right? If you didn't visit that tree last week, it's not mad at you because you didn't come back. (laughs) Right? So it's, you know, if we can look at each other that way, And we are headed in that direction. We are headed in that direction. And, you know, I've been reading a lot of stuff about that. And it's just, it's amazing. And I'm excited. I'm excited for where we're going, for where we're going. We also have uh, Dave Hillis here. Is there anything you'd like to add, Dave? You can just sort of go vocal if you want. Good morning, beautiful ladies. And yes, loving the conversation. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And the, um, you know, this is going to be kind of a a major shift away from what it was that you guys were talking about, only from at the very end of when you were talking, uh, Aisha, about where you're going in the trip, and then asking, you know, um, to join us there. And I and you made the statement, I'm already on my way um, on that. And and I had this imagery, like it just flooded in is really, really incredible. I've been like stuck in this whole looking at all the options of what if as beings, we all had um, like a transit system. Um, If you think of a transit system or like a bus and, you know, on the, on the front of it, the very top, you always look at it and it tells you where they're going. You know, like this is this line and this is where they're going. What I was thinking is if, if intuitively we could let ourselves have that knowing that everyone's on a different destination because you can see where they're going and how they connect to their source energy, how much grace and how much easier it would be for so many people to realize that everybody's in all these different directions and going in all these wonderful different destinations on their journey um, and adventure we would have so much more grace about allowing folks to be on that journey where they have to be going. Because I saw like when, when you made that statement, I saw yours going, um, you know, next destination heaven. Um, <laughs> right. And now leaving. Got my feet up. I'm just sitting in my chair and I'm waiting till we get there. Right. <laughs> and I just, it just, it was really, really cool to start thinking of, you know, that we can know, 
where everybody's coming from, because as you guys were talking about the different ways of religion, because how many different ways are there to heaven? You know, when you, if you were to ask so many folks and where heaven is, is that destination is movable, if you will, in, in each of our own experiences, whether it's a collective or if it's just our personal heaven. So I just, I found that fascinating. And so thank you so much for bringing all of that up and, and chatting about it and knowing that this new world or the heaven 2.0, I don't know, is it that we're calling it the new earth? <laughs> the new earth, the new earth. Absolutely, absolutely. Actually, um, I, I was sitting down this morning. I like writing about what I'm going to talk about at these Sundays in, on Sunday morning when I wake up. And, you know, I have a lot of books and stuff in front of me when I start and I'm like, you know, which one am I going to look into to give me my idea today, my inspiration. And before I knew it, my hands were on the keyboard and I was just typing and I thought, I'll just type this paragraph and then I'll pick up that book. And before I knew it, I just kind of written out the whole thing. And, you know, that's how our messages come, you know, even in our writing, our messages just come, right? If we just allow ourselves to be inspired which many of us do, but to be able to step into that creativity and to invest time in ourselves. I think that that's a big thing. Like I keep hearing from people, oh, I don't have time. Oh, I don't have time. How can you not have time for you? You know, how could you not have time for living your purpose? You know, we only have a finite amount of what we think is time here in this avatar, but our formlessness has, there is no time. There is no time. So think about this life, this life as a, or this dance, the stage as just a chapter in your, in your, in your personal journey. This is just the chapter, a chapter. So it doesn't mean that you have to know everything in this lifetime. It doesn't mean that you have to achieve everything in this lifetime. It doesn't, you know, because we, we don't know what that is. It's the only thing that you need to begin to do. And the only way that you will advance as a formless in your formlessness, I believe is, or expand is by, is not by how much money you make, not by how much success you think you have, not by how much you own, because when you die, none of that comes with you. Right. So the only thing that comes with you are the lessons that you've learned, the things that you would change, the growth, the empowerment, your karma. I mean, these types of things come with you. This is what comes with you. And you can't buy this. I don't care if you're a gazillionaire. You cannot buy this. Right. So this is the stuff that you take with you. This is the stuff that you need to achieve. This is the stuff that's going to take you to heaven. And I don't mean you know, above the clouds, heaven, I'm talking about our heaven on earth. And there is a heaven on earth. I believe I'm living it where I can walk, wake up and love my dog first thing in the morning. And I'm having a great day. And I'm walking my dog and I found 10 bucks on the street, and whatever it's, you know, just having a good day and being able to contribute to other people's lives. How great is that? However you do it, you don't have to be a spiritual leader and a healer to, to, to do that. What do I do for my full-time everyday job? I am a bookkeeper and I help people with their businesses, right? I'm a money coach and a bookkeeper. That's what I do. I am not doing any spiritual woo-woo stuff to anybody, but that's how I contribute to their lives. And I look at it as a contribution, not I'm just filling in my hours. 
You know, how much can I charge this person? How much can I get out of this person? That's not how I look at it. It's how can I enrich what they're doing? How can I contribute and make it better for them? Right? So, you know, I have my spiritual practice. I have my mundane human practice, whatever you want to call it. But I do these things all coming from a place of contribution. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. Contribution does not mean that you have to be part of UNICEF. Like it's, that's not what it means that you have to be some ambassador of something. It doesn't mean that we can all contribute in whatever we're doing. And the biggest thing I'm going to say right now, and I know some people in, in, in the spiritual realm, the woo-woo realm, what we like to call it, or might get a little upset with me, but I don't even believe that is there is any such thing as anybody healing anyone else. It's not a thing as far as I'm concerned. I, I used to believe that there was, you know, people say to me, Aisha, you're a healer because I have all these little gifts. I'm not, because if that person doesn't want to heal, it doesn't matter what I do. It's not going to work. So they are the healer. It's the person who's healing, who is the healer, not the person facilitating the healing. It is the person who is healing. That is the healer because they have to agree. They have to say, yes, they have to allow it because it doesn't matter if you can move mountains. If that person doesn't want you to move their mountain, it's not moving. So they are the healer. We the people that are helping them and guiding them and giving them some strategies and some things to resonate and some tools to use are facilitating that we're holding the light for them. They have to walk it. You know, they have to walk their path. We're simply holding the light for them. So that's what we do. And I've always had an aversion to the word healer when it talks about the person doing the work. I've, I've felt that since always, there was a time when people used to call me that and be like, don't call me that. Right. I don't like it because I don't believe that that's to be true. I didn't know why I didn't like it. Now I do know why. But back then it was just like, mm. <laughs> don't, don't, don't call me that, you know, but now now I know why I don't like it. I don't like it because I'm not the healer. It's the person who's healing when I'm doing healing work for myself. Then I'm the healer. If Monique is working on me, Monique is not the healer. I'm the healer because I'm opening the door to healing. She's just giving me some strategies and tips and ways of getting there. She's not actually doing the healing on me. I am right. So that makes me the healer. Right. Agree a and thousand it, percent. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, you know, we are channels of source, right? So it's not, it's, it, it's part of the ego to say, Oh, I'm the person who heals. No, you have nothing to do with it. You right. are, as you said, the facilitator, the channel, you know, prayer or um, it's interesting. I'm reading or listening a lot to Lynn McTaggart who wrote the power of eight. And she talks about focused intention to heal someone. And, and from her um, she's done numerous experiments and they've just been incredible, you know, in terms of healing, but she said the, that person doesn't even have to believe it because she's, she's worked with skeptics and they're still getting the healing as are the people who are, um, you know, using source energy through their intention. But they have to allow it. They have to yeah. allow it. Even if they don't get it. And if they're skeptics, they still have to say yes. Yeah. And that's probably you know, part on, of a, that. on a soul level as well. Right. right. Yeah. My, my, and I was just going to, that's what I was going to say is that their higher self 
uh, is, or the subconscious is agreeing to that and is welcoming that, you know, so when, when I'm teaching, uh, energy modalities for students, the first thing, the time that I tell them that only once will I ever tell you that you're doing it wrong, and that's if you call yourself a healer and you're not talking about yourself. Our job as the healing community is to create and help the uh, atmosphere around the body to make it conducive to healing. Right. In other terms, we're what we're doing is we're putting um grace into the grace bank account we're, we're giving them deposits with that extra healing um and so then they get to withdraw that as they please or not uh but it's there so i'm putting it into escrow or it's a gift card if you want so you get to spend it however you want if you're going to spend it on your hangover well then that's on you but if you're going to do that to help your immune system get a little bit stronger even better but that's my judgment so as, as in that modality is if we're just putting that out there and giving it regardless of the outcome, because we have no attachment on the outcome. And that's the wonderful thing. Why we become so skilled at what we get to do is because we have zero attachment. Uh, and that's where the power comes in. So that's for them to use or they store it up and they have this blast of a send off and grace and miracles happen when they're um, ascending into the. I don't know, shall we say real heaven or whatever that happens to be for them? <laughs> you know, so right. it's, I, I, that is the one thing. And I'm always, I go straight at them and they, uh, in the classroom or if they're in conversation about that, when, when they said, I did that healing or when I'm like, did you jump into their body? Cause the only <laughs> healing happens with you. So I'm, I'm thinking I heard that wrong. Let's rephrase that a little bit. Cause you need to pull your ego back. Um, <laughs> and they're like, but, but I'm like, no. No, you do not get to have that. But at the same time, you don't get to, to own their 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 illness either or their suffering. You can't right. get sick enough to heal someone else. That's right. So, okay, that's it. Thanks. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's absolutely, it's true. I mean, when, just even like, you know, just going along that with Reiki, right? When I first learned Reiki when, and my, my mom is a Reiki master too. And, you know, some of many of my, of, of my friends, so it's or master just know how to do it. And what is it? It's a channel, right? So when someone says to me, you know, I gave Reiki two times today and I'm so tired from it. I'm like, well, you should be charged mm. up. Like, you know, because yes. you're not using yes, your yes, own yes. energy. You're not supposed to be using your own energy. You just open yourself up like a funnel. And you just allow it to flow through you and you're, you know, directing traffic, but even then it knows what it's doing. Right. So you should not be tired. You should be very, I could give Reiki all day from morning till night. And I'm like, like, I'm just vibrating from the energy running through me. Right. So it's not, it's not something that I'm, and I never use my own. Right. I don't think of it as using my own energy ever. I just open up the funnel, whatever's going to come in, comes in and flows through me for that person. So it's just really interesting. And that's when, that's when I think I realized that I am not the healer. When I, when I felt it happening, I'm like, I am not the healer here. I'm just a funnel. <laughs> I'm just a funnel. Right. And I use the word just, but in that case, that's what I'm doing. And it doesn't matter if the other person is skeptical, as long as they're there saying, yeah, I'll do it. I don't know how it works. That's probably not going to work or whatever, but go ahead. And if they're that much, even that much of a door that's open, that little crack in the door is all that needs to be open for it to happen and something amazing to happen for that person. So, yeah, um, 
again, just sort of, you know, I could go on and on all day about these subjects, but you know, you got to leave something for next Sunday. So it's just, (laughs) you know, again, (laughs) consciousness and awareness. And all you need to do today, if you've never, ever stepped into it is just allow for the possibilities, be open to the possibilities, right? So the first thing I say when I wake up in the morning is I'm open to all the possibilities for me today. And that's it. Just be open to all the possibilities. And if you can do that, you know, that's where the magic will begin to happen for you. Awesome. Anything you guys want to add in before we go? Uh, It was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, that was an excellent conversation. Loved it. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. And I hope to see you all next Sunday. I'll be doing it anyways, whether you're here or not. So hope to see you all and have a great, great day and big love to everybody. Bye.